Hi, everybody. We have a great episode coming up. But before we get started, I wanted to come on here and let you know that our guest, Matt, is having an event next week, August 23rd at 7 p.m. The details of the event and how you sign up is in the comments. He's going to do a Q&A with Dr. Maskin. So he's going to be answering questions that people have given when they sign up for the event. And so I wanted to make sure you guys knew that ahead of time because this is a really long episode and we don't get to that information till kind of toward the end. So don't forget to go to the show notes, click on the event, look at the information and sign up to be a part of it. In addition, I have also started a Facebook page called Thriving Dry Eye. So that will be kind of like the sister to the Instagram account. I know not everyone's on Instagram, so I did create this Facebook page. So it's the same information, just in the different social media outlets. So hopefully I can reach more people. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I am your host, Laura. I suffered a chemical eye injury resulting in dry eye, and I created this platform to give hope to those with dry eye. I will talk to amazing people who will tell their dry eye stories and spotlight health professionals who will promote wellness of the mind and body. This podcast is for you, to give hope to those with dry eye. As a disclaimer, this podcast contains general information about dry eye and other medical conditions and is for educational purposes and inspiration only. Thriving Dry Eye LLC is not responsible or liable for the accuracy of information contained in this podcast. The information contained in this episode is the personal views of the hosts and guests respectively. This podcast is not meant to replace the advice of your healthcare provider and is not intended to prescribe, prevent, treat, or diagnose disease. Listeners acknowledge that the information contained does not constitute professional advice from the host or guest speaker. By listening to this podcast, you assume all risks. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. I am really excited to have my next guest here. Um, When I first started doing this podcast, or even before I started, I was looking for guests, and he was one of the first people to reach out and say, hey, I'm really interested. I really want to help this community, so let's let's try this. So it hasn't worked out, and... um, he has some really exciting things going on next week and I jumped on it that we totally had to do this. So I want to introduce my next guest, Matt. Hi, Matt. Hi, how are you? I'm Matt Borsina. I have been struggling with dry eye for about two and a half years now, give or take, and uh, met a lot of interesting people, met a lot of doctors, I felt like I needed to help people that were struggling. So that's been my path. 
So when did you first notice problems with your eyes? Uh, like I said, about two and a half years ago. But for me, it was like a light switch. Uh, I woke up one morning and my eyes were so dry and painful, burning and stinging. And I had no idea what was going on. It was, it was during COVID. So the masks, wearing the masks were uh, treacherous for me. So that's when I went to my local uh, optometrist and he concurred and to say, yeah, we've seen this a lot. It's, it's the mask and you're breathe when you're breathing, the hot air is going into your eyes. So I said, all right, you know, makes sense. So let me stop wearing the mask whenever possible. That didn't help, and they just became progressively worse. And that started my hunt to try to find. And I went back to him probably a dozen times. And with him, we, we explored uh, collagen plugs in my punctals mm-hmm. um, with no help. It, it didn't help me. And they didn't last very long for me. For whatever reason, they were always gone within a week. And um, I kept going back, going back, going back. And he finally threw his hands up in the air and said, he doesn't know what else he could do for me other than to stop me on some type of medication, uh, which at the time he, he was gabapentin. Oh, wow. And, um, so for yeah. nerve pain then. Yeah. So I then I started my search, you know, Google being my tool and started to learn more about my disease. That brought me to, I live in New York, so it brought me to a whole onset of doctors from Google that claiming for to fix dry eye. Uh, mm-hmm. Because at this time, I did not know what dry eye was, didn't know what caused it, didn't know what my disease was all about or how it worked. And I went every avenue. I went to a wellness doctor. When you click on dry eye, all of these people come up selling their product. I went to the wellness guy, spent a ton of money on him, blood tests, supplements, endocrinologists, rheumatologists, Reiki, you name it, I tried it. Then I saw no relief with any of those homeopathic type things, uh, because I didn't want to go the pharmaceutical route uh, right away. And I thought I could be cured. Didn't didn't know that this was uh, typically a non-curable disease. On Long Island, no one really understood this disease. And if you, and the big, like the OCLI is a big eye doctor firm where they have a group. In order mm-hmm. to get into them, you, you couldn't talk to anyone except a receptionist and a, you would get an appointment four months from when you made a phone call. Wow. And because I was, I was exploring different things on the internet and I saw things like Lipaflow, IPL, all of the, I want to say the, the, the most affluent cures, so to speak, Mm -hmm. right? So the things that 
are the most marketing to us as as patients and sufferers. So yeah. of course those were popping up and I was exploring where I could find those and the only doctor groups that you could find them is they had one in Garden City which was an hour from me and you can get an appointment in 4 months and see so that's my that was my conundrum. Mhm. So I explored other doctors further away and I went into the uh the Mecca of where you think all would be the end all be all New York City. Mm-hmm. So I found three doctors in New York City that uh claimed to be dry eye specialists and I went in to see them and mind you every time you go to see a doctor it's an out of pocket expense. So yeah. it was thousands of dollars I racked up on trying to find out what the heck was wrong with me and why I was uh, so uncomfortable. And I just kept meeting with every doctor I went to, there was a different story as to what's wrong with me. I don't blink enough. I don't close my eyes. I, I, you know, in the slit lamp, I could see a line in your eyes. You don't close your eyes when you sleep, tape them shut. A whole onslaught of different things that I had to do. And I did, and I tried and, and I saw, then I finally found a doctor in New York City that I finally found out what a mybomian gland was. Uh, was the first doctor, and, sh- and that doctor had did a mybography on me, and I saw all this gland loss. And I, I you know, was sick to my stomach. I said, oh, my mm-hmm. God, that's my problem. Um, so I, I, I believed in her because basically that's what you have to do. You have to find a doctor that you believe in and you have to trust them. And this doctor I would see, and it was a journey into New York city. And she put me on all these meds. She put me on, um, I did all kinds of craziness with her amniotic patches on my corneas. I did the silicone plugs in my punctals, which I don't recommend those to anybody. Uh, They Mm -hmm. were more painful than the dry eye because they tend to rub when you blink. Yeah. Um, So that was that. And and then eventually she explained to me what probing was. So I, I said, well, geez, let's do this. You know, okay. If I'll find relief. So she went to probe me the first time. She said, okay, come in and, and, and we'll do it for you. And she probed me with no anesthetic. Um, and she put a, a, a numbing cream on my lids and then went to probing. And my God, it was the most painful thing I have ever felt in my entire life. And I was through like two or three glands on one eyelid and I had to like keep taking breaks because it was so extremely painful. And then she had given me two Vicodins and said, go sit in the waiting room until they kick in and come on back in. And then wound up bending a probe and breaking a probe. And it was a disaster. (gasps) Oh my gosh. That sounds so awful. Yeah. So that was probably in the, in the infancy stage of my disease. I would say that was probably two years ago. So that was my New York City experience 
which was terrible. I had another guest who was from New York City, and she thought the same thing. Like, I'm here in the best city in our country, and like the biggest city has the best hospitals, like, and was getting nothing. Like, she said the same thing. Like, it was it was horrible. It was terrible. It was a, it was a horrible experience. And so at that time, I was just getting more and more depressed because I was a type A personality prior to my disease. I raced boats. I had um, motorcycles and fast cars and, you know, lived a, I traveled um, constantly around the country, lived a, a type A fast paced lifestyle. And that mm-hmm. all came to a halt. And it was very difficult for me to, to cope with mentally. And I became yeah. more and more depressed and I was suicidal because uh. I was not able to live any type of life outside of my home and outside of my moisture goggles. Yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot of thing, other things that happened in between that, but I found a doctor that gave me some hope in Plainville, Connecticut, who was, is an ophthalmologist who had a dry eye clinic and he did IPLs. So I went to go see this doctor. I had called him. I said, you know, it was a, it was a, it was a car drive and a ferry ride. And it was about a three hour journey for me to go to Connecticut. So the first time I went to go see this doctor, I, I went there the night before, stayed over. He was a very nice guy, very, very nice, a humanist. Um, we hit it off immediately. He had dry eye himself, not severe though. And mm-hmm. he was a big IPL guy and was taught by some of the big names in, I, in the IPL industry. Uh, in the doctor industry and followed their protocols. And so I started my IPL journey and I really had a lot of hope. It turned me around and I was on my sixth or seventh IPL. Oh, and I would go in, I would get IPL and Lipaflow. So I would go every three weeks. Wow. Um, I found... By the fourth, they would say in the, the, the protocol was by the fourth IPL, you would start feeling better. By the fourth IPL, I started feeling worse. My, my symptoms became worse. Fifth and sixth, even, even much worse. Seventh, I, I was right back into the depression, right back into the suicidal thoughts. And I said... I, you know, I have to, I have to do something else. At the same time, I had a very successful electrical contracting business that I had to downsize. I would run typically 35 men. I downsized to 15 because I couldn't handle the same pace. I couldn't handle the same, the same workload. It was like, I couldn't, it was very difficult to keep my eyes open and use my eyes. Did they ever suggest the reason that the IPL seemed to make your eyes worse. I finally figured that out. 
on my own. So I was at my wit's end. I didn't, I, I, would, I would spend most of my time researching, trying to fix myself, being my own patient advocate. So on Google, kind of an odd thing, I searched in a different manner. Uh, because sometimes you can get different results depending on how you search Google. So I searched mm-hmm. something like, you know, how do I fix my, how do I stop my eyes from being so dry? And an interview came up with a Dr. Maskin. He had a it was YouTube or one of those type of things. And there was a young lady interviewing him. And I said, I said, wow, this is, uh, this is, is a different thing. Like, you know, the things that he was saying, I, you know, I was like, okay, so this is different than I've ever heard before. This is very interesting to me. And I called his office. And at the time, I felt I needed to be probed again. And I had called that doctor in New York City because I was so desperate, you know, desperate measures for desperate times and it was a it was a very desperate time for me and i mm-hmm. called the doctor in the city and i said please probe me again because i as as archaic as it was of the probing that i had received it kind of gave me a little hope and a little uh comfort after the probing so i had called Dr. Maskin's office after viewing that interview that he had, he had uh, posted, or, or I, I'm not sure that he posted it. It was the interviewer that po- had posted it. And so, I, but anyway, I had called Dr. Maskin's office and I had spoken to one of his receptionists and I said, Hey, listen, I am uh, in a bad way and, and I need help. And uh, can Dr. Maskin see me or help me? And she said, sure. And I said, well, I told my story to the receptionist, whom I, who her name was Jana. I said, Jana, listen, I, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm looking to go back into New York City to be probed. Would Dr. Maskin recommend this before I see him? And she said, I don't know. Hold on, let me ask him. And I was kind of like, <laughs> you know, like, hope, like, wait, you're going to ask the doctor? He goes, she goes, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go in and ask the doctor because my prior experiences you talk to the girl in the office and she will say well i'll email the doctor or you have to make an appointment to come in and be evaluated and then we'll answer your questions yeah so she said hold on she came back and said dr maskins would uh, advise you not to be probed to have an appointment with him come and see him and let him evaluate you so i made the appointment right then and there and he was in Tampa, Florida. So I live in New York. And I, so I, right away, I booked the flight. And I, the appointment was uh, a week later. Wow. And I booked the flight. And I flew to Tampa. And I, and so I, you know, I rented a car, hotel, the whole deal. And I drove to this little tiny office in Tampa, Florida. And that, that looks like it was a converted house into an office. And I said, Oh my God, what am I, what am I doing? <laughs> like I went to these, right. And I, I went to these prestigious 
buildings in New York City to see these doctors and and what am I doing? I you know I'm is this guy a voodoo doctor or you know how could he possibly help me? Mm-hmm. So I went into his office. I sat there. There was not another person in the office. I was the first that day, and uh, I wound up spending the entire day there. Um, finally met. Dr. Maskin, I went in, I got evaluated, I saw his people, I I met him for a few minutes. He spoke to me about, you know, dry eye and a few different things, and he wanted me to be evaluated by his technician, Claire. So I said, okay, this young, lovely young lady, I go in her office, and she's got all of these test equipment things, and, you know, they, they weren't as art state of the artsy as I saw in New York city, but you know, they were all there, the confocal and you know, all of those things that anyone who has dry eye has been tested a million times. Look at the balloon, you know, let's blink all of these things <laughs> had all the valuation done. Dr. Maskin came in while I was getting evaluated and he's, you know, hmm, looked around and, and when you first meet him, I would have to say he's not that, personable. I, I describe him as a technician, right? He, he's a computer is what he is, right? He's a computer. Mm-hmm. Great credentials on the wall in his office. And I was skeptical at first, of course. Anyway, long story short is he evaluated me. He came in, he told me what was going on with me. And by 3.30 that afternoon, he probed me because he had said that, you know, you're not producing any oils and he had probed me, you know, all the pops. Oh, and when he did it, by the way, I was like, well, doc, I've been probed before. It's very painful. He goes, he goes, no, I will give you an injection. You won't feel a thing. I promise you that. And I said, oh, well, thank God, because I was very anxious about that. Right. He put the contacts in, he, does the, the micro needle, you know, gives you the injection. And I, so he probed me, I didn't feel a thing. I left there with a, a, a lot of hope, mm-hmm. which I, I didn't have prior to seeing him. Right. Yeah. And yeah. so he explained to me that his, his book was just coming out and that he urged me to, to get the book. And he also went on to say that I am very dry. So he, he did a Sherma test and I was scoring it like, you know, zero, one, two. And wow. I said, well, what the heck, you know, what's that? The only thing I've ever seen before was a T-butt. I had a mobography and he said, well, you know, don't concern yourself too much about that. We'll, we'll talk about that. So he said, you're very dry. I have to treat your comorbidities. And I said, what is that? How do you even spell that? <laughs> Dumb electrician. Yeah. What's a comorbidity? Aww. So he educates. So I left there. I flew home. Oh, let me back up one second. He said, you're very dry. Mm-hmm. We have to close your punctals. So we're going to perform what's called a punctal occlusion. And I don't understand where the doctors get their vocabulary from. Because they could easily say, I'm going to cauterize the drains in your eyes. But it has to be a pump, right? 
The so electrician has, would know exactly it, what that means. Right. I said, dumb it down <laughs> for me a little, doc. So he said, we're going to cauterize your punctals because we have to close your punctals. And I said, okay. I said, you know, and so he went on to explain everything. So I had a whole gamut of things, right? So I had MGD, meibomian gland dysfunction, because I had ductal fibrosis. So now mm. I, I'm well-versed because I, I've read his book. I'm a patient advocate of his. Um, yeah. I'm all over the sites and trying to help people. And I'm self-educated on this disease, on my disease, right? Mm -hmm. So I, I had, I have, I'm, at, I'm ATD, aqueous tear deficient. I have MGD, my bomium gland dysfunction. My mebom wasn't flowing out of my glands. Like all of my glands were closed, right? And wow. I and was so dry that I needed my punctals closed. My optometrist in the very beginning was on a right path when he put the collagen plugs in my punctals, but they wouldn't last but a week. The silicone plugs were the next logical decision by, I want to call them dry eye uh, amateurs. Mm -hmm. Silicone didn't work for me. So now I felt that I was truly at the, the, the I don't want to call them, I, you know, I, I call them Yoda. You know, he's the, the master of dry <laughs> eye, right? Yeah. A little, my little uh, Star Wars soliloquy, right? So yeah, he burned my punctals close. And, and he did that with this little quartery thing. He said, we're going to perform a punctal occlusion to get more moisture in your eye, right? And it's like a little bee sting, as he puts it. Okay, three, two, one, little sting. It hurts like hell. I'm going to be honest, right? Yeah. <laughs> it stings like heck. So, right? So he closed all four of mine because I was so drunk. Wow. So first day in, well, took took most of the day I was there, uh, ran all the tests. I He said, you're very dry. I can help you with that, with the punctal occlusion. You're producing no mebum, no oil. I can help you with that by probing. And you also have conjunctival chalasis. So I said, oh, my God, what is that? He goes, don't worry about it because I can fix it. So I said, okay, when can we do that? So he's like, Oh, pump the brakes. You know, you're, you know, I go, he goes, let's do this and see how you, how you respond to this first. And I mm -hmm. said, doc, I'm, that's not my personality. I said, I'm, I'm all in, let's do it. So he said, okay, I can perform this surgery for you. And I said, okay, when can we do it? Can we do it this week? I'll stay. And he said, no, I, I can't. I'm booked for like two weeks. And I said, all right, because he only does surgery on Wednesdays. And I said, mm -hmm. okay, that's no problem. <clears throat> so two weeks went by. My eyes got a little more comfortable because I had a lot more moisture in my eyes because my punctals were closed. And any tears that I was making would stay in my eyes a little better. And then mm -hmm. I, I, I bought a copy of his book and I read his book. And Oh my God, it was like a light switch went off, right? I started to understand the disease. The disease. So <clears throat> fast forward, I fly back down to Tampa. I have my right eye done first, my cholesterol surgery. And I truly didn't understand the cholesterol 
at the time. Mm -hmm. I just believed in Dr. Maskin because you have to trust somebody. Yeah, you have to find the doctor that you believe in and you have to trust him. And I mm -hmm. trusted him on what he was saying. And he did the right eye and I flew home. And a week later, I flew back down, took the stitches out of my right eye. And by the way, for anyone who doesn't know what that surgery is, is that the skin in your eye as you age inside your eye, it's like your eyeball is in a sack that's mm -hmm. sewn to your eyelids, let's say. You open it and close, and that skin around your eye, it's kind of like a shark. If you ever see how a shark closes the lid of its eye when it goes to take a bite, that's, how I, that's my analogy of it, because you can see the white kind of come down. So the skin inside your eyelid becomes old and stretched like everything else, and it crumples when you close your eye. Hmm. And it, it's like having a bad windshield wiper on the windshield of your car. That's how it covers and it spreads the tears and the mebum, the oils across your eyes. So when it's all crumpled and stretched, it doesn't really wash your eyes perfectly. So you wind so, up getting hot spots. Ah, uh, so it's actually the, it's the skin on the, inside of the eyelid not necessarily like the skin on your eye oh interesting wow so this is like right pulling this all back and going up in there yes going in there it's the skin inside it's wow. as if god put a sack over your eye and he cut it and sewed it to your eyelid your lid margin so every time you mm -hmm. open and close your eye it will wipe your eyes clean. They'll take debris yeah. and tears and things, right? So now when you're aqueous deficient, and this is important because people don't understand this, very important. When you have an aqueous deficient eye, right, the, the tear layers, mm -hmm. if you wipe them bad, crooked, you miss spots, your eyes going to be uncomfortable mm -hmm. because it's not coating your eye properly because you have such little and unhealthy tear film to deal with in your eye that it's not perfectly coating your eye. So you're going to have hot spots. You're going to have dry spots. You're going to be always blinking. And it's twofold what it does is mm -hmm. number one, it doesn't clean your eye, wipe your eye properly. And number two, when it crumples up, it actually causes inflammation in your eyelid, which is so, is what is so detrimental to somebody with dry eye inflammation. And I'll yeah. go on to explain that if, if you, if you want me to, I, I certainly yeah. will. Sure. Right. So what Dr. Massman did was he cut out all my stretched skin and he sewed in a new amniotic patch to form a new inner eyelid. Wow. And after the surgery, I could feel how tight my skin was because every time I tried to turn my eyes, I could feel the skin stretching. But that tends to stretch as time goes on and your eyes become better suited to your new skin.
in our skin. Wow. So again, just to back up a little bit. So I'm aqueous deficient. I, I'm not producing oil, mebum, through my bomian glands because my bibomian glands are have what's called ductal fibrosis and they're they're not they're clogged right and then on top of it i have the calasis so i had the hat trick i had the trifecta right so he fixed the calasis with the surgery he helped the aqueous deficiency with the punctal occlusions mm -hmm. and he got my mebum flowing with the probing so now I thought my eyes would be fixed, but the, the reality of it is that I will never be normal again because I have such aqueous deficiency. And when Dr. Massman first saw me, he explained to me and he said, listen, you have a lot of things going on and you're at a 10 on a zero to 10 right now in discomfort. I'm going to try to get you to a two or a zero. And that's what I'm going to do for you. Wow. He said, but it's a big jigsaw puzzle. And we have to put all the pieces in place before we can fine tune it. So I was probably a good three, four, maybe five months in, and I still wasn't comfortable. And I was flying back and forth because I was in so much discomfort uh, because it takes a good three or four months before your meibomian glands start to reproduce uh, the amoeba and start to become healthy again. And a tremendous misconception out there is that people don't fully understand what they have going on and what the disease is. So I'm going to try to explain it. My aqueous deficiency caused all of my other symptoms of my eyes. Hmm. Okay, that's important to understand. And aqueous deficiency is more prevalent in women after menopause. Mm -hmm. their, their deficiency of estrogen and progesterone and all those other things affect their lacrimal glands in their upper eyelids, and they actually become atrophic. They shrink. That stops them from producing tears. So their eyes become dry. When your eyes become dry, you blink a lot. Now add that to the calasis of the age. It creates inflammation in your eyelids. The inflammation in your eyelids now produces what's called meibomian gland dysfunction. And what happens is your eyelids are constantly rubbing on a surface that's not the best because of the calasis of the stretched skin and the mm -hmm. dryness of, and it's rubbing on your eye and it's actually inflaming and aggravating your inner eyelids. So on the meibomian glands in your eyelids, the tubes, the ducts, mm -hmm. 
they become inflamed and a byproduct of that inflammation is scar tissue builds up like little rubber bands around the glands, around the, the ducts. So people on when I, that I speak to on the site say, I just need to get probed, but I can't afford to be probed. And I don't believe in probing because my IPL doctor told me it's too invasive and it can damage your ducts. That's a complete misconception. Yeah. The ductal fibrosis builds up on the outside of the duct. It's not in the duct at all. And what mm. happens is when it shuts off the mebum flow, the nutrients with the cells and all the things that need to be going through your glands to keep them healthy are not flowing anymore. So gland dies off. So wherever the stricture is, wherever the, the, the rubber band is from mm -hmm. that side out to your lid margin starts to die and you have dropout. Right? Yeah. People don't understand that. They get the IPLs and their IPL doctors say, well, you have ocular rosacea, you have this, you have tender eyelids, you have inflammation. This IPL will help with all of that. But they're doing these, and they may believe that. I don't think it's malice on their part because that's what they're taught, right? So these mm -hmm. ophthalmologists who do this and even the optometrists who do this, that's what they're taught. They, they, there's, a, there's a rep that comes in from whomever and says, no, this is the latest and greatest. They go online and they read about it and they, well, everything points to that and says, this will open your glands to help the mebum flow. But I'm living proof after nine or 10 IPLs that I've had, it did not help my mebum to flow. So I'm, I'm bouncing around a little bit. So what I'm understanding you saying is that because there's the stricture there, the IPL is going to help things flow. But if there's a stricture, there's no flow that's going to bust through that. So there may be like even it backing up or something going on further around uh, that's causing the issue. But but as a result, I mean, it's not going through because there's something blocking it off which is like you said the the inflammation and like that like you said the rubber band that's like holding it tight together it's it's not going to flow so here's what happens and that that, that is 100% accurate and if you have the ductal fibrosis which is what we'll call it that's what it's that's that's you know the doctor's term right so <laughs> if say you're too you know, your tube, your, your, your gland is this long and the ductal yeah. fibrosis is up here, right? Deep within, inside the meibomian gland. Mm -hmm. you, you shoot it with IPL and here's your lid margin. This side of the gland will start to produce oil because the IPL heated it up and mm. it's starting to produce oil. Now, this... Okay. Fibrosis is closing and closing and closing. It's probably putting out a little bit of oil, but it's keep getting worse and worse and worse. And this side is still putting out oil. So now you go get an, an IPL. This side's putting out oil. You go, oh, I feel some comfort, but it only lasts for a short while. 
because the supply chain is getting closed off more and more, and this gland's starting to die further up line, as, as, as we would say, right? Closer up to the top of your eyelid. And the IPL, okay. you keep shooting it, shooting it, shooting it, shooting it. And it's really, it's, it's not fixing the problem, it's band-aiding it. Because it's, mm -hmm. it's making this oil produce a little bit while the gland's still dying. The only way to release the scar tissue is to put a probe in there to pop that rubber band, if you will. To break the rubber mm -hmm. band and let the mebum from its supply start to flow down. Yeah, and the and there's there's a there's the study that was put out a little bit back in Asia about people with probing and IPL. The people with probing saw um, re relief because the mebum was flowing again, and then it even said people there was a fifteen percent of people that were in the study that said they felt better with probing and IPL. Because mm -hmm. I, maybe I believe that the IPL will help regenerate because I know that's where it was discovered because it, re, it, it brought the collagen to the skin and it helped women have a better complexion. So it did okay. regenerate skin, let's say. So mm -hmm. that was the theory behind it when, when the doctor who kind of discovered this thing. And that was their theory behind it. But what they found in the, in the studies that you need to get probed first and foremost to install to restore the ductal integrity, to break the fibrosis, to open up the flow, and then complementary to that, use the IPL machine. It'll, it'll heat the mebum, it will let it flow, and maybe there is some regenerative properties within the IPL. Mm -hmm. I have mm -hmm. my own IPL theory, and, but I'm not a doctor, so I can't say for sure. But I lived right. an IPL experience. And yeah. I don't know where we are with time, but I'd really like to I'd really like to uh, explain my IPL yeah. experience. Yeah, right? go ahead. Absolutely. Okay. And this is very important. I try to uh, when I speak to people as a patient advocate, and I when I see it on the sites, because I try to monitor all the sites, and I've been in heated debates about this on all of the dry eye sites about the IPL, because the first line of defense out there is the doctors prescribing, buy this package of IPLs, you could buy four, and I'll give you two free. But mm -hmm. that's not what you're supposed, that's not the proper protocol. And it's not just my opinion, it's what's been proving scientifically that you have to open the meibomian glands first, right? You have to probe them, you have to open them, get them flowing, and then you have then you can follow it up with complementary IPLs if you deem it necessary and if you feel in your heart and your mind that it helps you, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So my experience with IPL is this. I went down to Dr. Maskin and I was probed. And I thought I knew better than him and everyone else. And I went back to my IPL doctor. And after I was probed, because I am all, I always subscribe to the theory, more is better, right? So I went back <laughs> to my doctor after being probed. And I said, Hey, doc, I want to get IPL again. Now, this was after like my ninth or 10th IPL pre probing from Dr. Masking, flew back home, went to my other doctor said, IPL me again. 
He IPL'd me every three weeks. I had three IPLs. By the time my third IPL, by the time my second IPL was over, I was right back into being completely discomfort in my eyes. My eyes were right back to square one. And I couldn't believe what was going on. And I was I went right back into my depression. I called to the office, Dr. Maskin. He said, I, I don't know what it is. I jumped on a plane. I flew back down there. He checked me and he said, what did you do? Like, what's going on? Give me. And he's a computer. You give him input. He evaluates it. He thinks about it. And he shoots you back his opinion. Not a, I don't want to say his opinion. His, his facts on, on what is. And I explained to him, Doc, I went and I thought I knew better. And I had two IPLs. So he, he thought about it for a minute and he said, explain to me how they did the IPL. And he, I explained and, I, and he said, did you have expression done? And I said, yes. And he said, all right, I'm going to explain to you what happened. And I said, okay, lay it on me. He said, I don't have a problem with the IPLs. I'm not anti-IPL as people may think, but as long as you follow the proper protocol, get the glands functioning first, then complementary IPL. He said, but here's what you did that's the problem. You let your doc, your IPL doctor come grab your eyelids with a forcep and squeeze your eyelids with expression for expression, right? So he said, he explained it to me. He said, Matt, your meibomian glands in their life the only pressure they ever see on them is when you blink your eyes. So how much pressure do you think is placed on these fragile little meibomian glands? And I said, well, doc, I, I could, I can, I could, maybe two PSI. Mm -hmm. I'm venturing a right. guess. <laughs> right. He goes, well, <laughs> right. So he said, well, Matt, you're a mechanical guy. Think about it. If you're taking a tweezer, that has all of this leverage and you're squeezing these fragile little glands and thinking about it, my doctor would squeeze these things so hard. I'd be like, ah, it hurts. He said, what you're doing is you're decimating these things. You're bruising them and you're crushing them. They're not supposed to see that type of pressure. So what happens when something bruises? It gets swollen, it becomes inflamed it tries to repair itself. And we know that what is our worst component to having in your eyelids is inflammation because inflammation yeah. causes the scar tissue to wrap around your glands. So mm -hmm. my glands were all closed again after my second expression. Wow. He said, Matt, the only way you I ever express an eyelid is with a, it, and I don't, I forget what they call it, but it's like a rubber tip Q-tip. And he just touches the outside of your eyelid. He says, wow. and that is all you ever need for expression. So I go on these sites and I read about these people. I'm on my 30th IPL with expression. And it's like putting Visine in your eyes when it's red. It's masking the problem, right? So you put the, 
you put the visine, the red gets out, but as soon as the visine wears out, wears off, your eye's red again because you're not mm -hmm. treating the root cause. You're yeah. putting a Band-Aid on your eye, right? So that's kind of the same thing, in my opinion, that I feel with the IPL, you're Band-Aiding it, you know? So I'm on my 30th IPL with expression and, and, and I see the, the newbies, I call them, that come on the site and they say, hey, I was just diagnosed with dry eye. Oh my God, what do I do? And I see the textbook answer by all of these people. Oh, you got to go buy an IPL package and start your IPL with expression. And I just answered a person today and I said, listen, I'm not, I don't want to have this debate about IPL, even though I feel your protocol is off, but please don't get expression. And I went yeah. on to type because it's hard. Sometimes you're typing on your phone and it's like, <laughs> uh. so I try to explain, please don't get expression. And I, I use a, an analogy of if I punched myself in the arm in the same spot a hundred times, what would happen? It would become red, it would become inflamed, it would be tender to the touch, which by the way, I just recently responded to a young lady, 30 year old who has tender eyelids and everybody's telling her all these things. And I'm like, no, you have tender eyelids because you have meibomian gland dysfunction and mm. the mebum is building up in your eyes, has nowhere to go and it's, they're becoming tender to the touch. Nobody was believing me. It's a statistic. It was proven. It has backup by the medical field to say that, yes. And I, and, and I also know it because I lived it. Before yeah. I was told, my eyelids had the little rosacea marks, like the red things, and they hurt to the touch. As soon as I was probed, it went away immediately. So I'm not a doctor, but I have a life experience. Anyway, back mm -hmm. to the arm. So the inflammation, right? It's the same thing with the expression. And I try to preach that on the sites and I tell people, and I get into heated debates with them, and especially the seasoned veteran of IPLs. Well, I've had 30-something IPLs, and I'm, I go, my God, people complain about how expensive probing is, but IPLs at $400 a piece, 30 of them do the math. You could have been right, probed twice. Yeah, you're beating a dead horse, you know? <laughs> so it's not working for them. But but I I want I, I kind of got off on a little bit of a tangent, but I want people to understand another topic. I don't know where we are with time. But some some other topic that's very important that people need to understand is they think that MGD is their disease. Okay, that the meibomian gland dysfunction is their disease. Mm -hmm. That may be true in a very small percentage of people that they may only have meibomian gland dysfunction from different reasons, Accutane, uh, chemical exposure that wreck their glands. And, and mm -hmm. that does exist. But for people that have developed dry eye organically, mm -hmm. it's, it's more complex than that, okay? They don't just have, typically have just MGD. So I see people on the sites and they say, if I could only get probed, uh, there's, there's, a, there's, a, there's a woman that I, I speak to often that lives in Australia and it's very difficult for them to get 
treated for dry eye. Uh, and it's, and it's difficult for them to get probing because it doesn't exist there. Mm -hmm. Um, which remind me, I'll talk about MGDI in a second, but I I want people to understand that their disease is not just, uh, MGD, right? So they think if I could just get probed, I would be better. And I've seen people that I've spoken to and I've, I've, and I've, I want to say that I, I didn't talk them into, but I had told them about Dr. Maskin and I said, mm-hmm. please have, if, if you can go see him, I would advise it. So I advised people to go see them. And, and then there's been a small percentage that have come back and posted on the site and said, I went and saw Dr. Maskin and I was probed and I'm not better. I need to explain this, right? And not just for his sake, because he saved my life. And I'm not mm-hmm. embarrassed to say that, right? And I've posted that. But I want people to understand to not, and they, so they go on the site and they'll slander him and they'll say, well, I went to go see Dr. Maskin. I spent all this money and I'm not better. Because they would go to see Dr. Maskin and they would get probed and they would think that, well, I have MGD. I'm going to get probed. I'm better. That's not the case. For the most, most of us that have dry eye, it's because we're aqueous tear deficient. I know I have. I've had a chemical reaction and I have atrophic lacrimal glands. I can cry. Mm. I can produce emotional tears, but I don't, I don't produce reflex tears, right? Very okay. dry. My, my lacrimal glands are that of an, I was told of, of a doctor in New York City told me, oh, you have lacrimal glands of an 80-year-old woman. I said, well, I don't know what that means, but thanks. <laughs> so I have atrophic lacrimal glands. Right. So that's what I was told by a doctor. I said, where's your right. bedside manner, buddy? So my aqueous tear deficiency caused my, my Bohmian gland dysfunction, right? I tried to explain that earlier in our interview. I don't have MGD as a disease. I have ATD, aqueous tear deficiency, but a byproduct of my aqueous tear deficiency is my MGD, my myobian gland dysfunction. Helping my aqueous tear deficiency, I needed to have the conjunctival cholesis surgery. And I explained that at length, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it's a big misconception out there that people say, I'm going to go see Dr. Mask and I'm going to get probed or any doctor there for, for that matter. And I will get probed and I will be better. You have to be probed to, to restore the ductal integrity of your glands and to get your mebum flowing because it's part of the component you, you need, mm-hmm. which I explain it, which it's like putting two glasses of water on your countertop filling one with just water and filling one with water and putting a little olive oil on top. When you come down in the morning, the water one will be low. The one with the olive oil will still be at its same level. So Mm -hmm. it's the same theory in your eye. You need the oil to protect the air to drying out your, the little bit of tears that you're producing, the oil coats it and prevents it from evaporating. That's where they get the term evaporative dry up, right? So you need that oil. You need to restore the ductal integrity of your meibomian glands to to have the oil flowing 
but you also need to treat, I'm going to use that word again, comorbidities, right? I looked it up, right? (laughs) So you need to treat your comorbidities, which could be, which is your aqueous deficiency or your demodex or, you know, whatever it is that is causing you. I, I know my own what it is because I had an orbital MRI and uh, saw that my glands, my, my uh, lacrimal glands are, are atrophic. They're trunken, mm-hmm. right? So that, that's my cross to bear in life. Um, but I, so I think I did a pretty good job of explaining that. Oh, yeah. Right? Because there are people that come out of the masking um, and they're not comfortable, but they and they go on the sites and they say, well, I went to go see this guy and I spent all this money and I'm not better, but it's a non-conformant patient, in my, in my opinion, because Dr. Maslin will say, well, you have to have the cholesterol surgery. And listen, it's $24,000. Who wow. can afford to pay for that, right? It's $24,000. Right. You can you can go get it done somewhere else, maybe cheaper, but you mm-hmm. need to get it done because yeah. of why I explained. You have yeah. to have the punctal occlusion, right? Yeah. Because you have to get more tears in your eyes. And I explain, and there's and there's a sweet spot, as Dr. Maskin would put it. I had to have all my punctals completely closed. My lower right is 95% closed last time I went there. But I'm so deficient in tears that I have to have all my clothes. That's not everybody, right? Mm-hmm. Some people are lacrimal glands are producing a little better and they only need the bottoms done or yeah. the bottoms and half of the top, right? And they do mm-hmm. make collagen plugs that have a smaller hole in the middle and it's a restrictive plug. But again, mm. the collagen dissolve. They only last a few weeks, Right. Right. Some people have better luck with them. So Dr. Maskin will find the sweet spot. But the big challenges, and this is one of my big challenges, and one of the biggest challenges that I've explained to Dr. Maskin is, is the economics of this whole thing. In order to become comfortable and having dry eye, you have to have money to do this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's one of the most heartbreaking parts of this complex disease is that if you don't have the money to spend on your eyes, you're not going to achieve the maximum level of comfort that you can. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's criminal. Yeah. That's and. And I've, and I've tried, I beat my head up against the wall. I wanted to try to start a GoFundMe page. I wanted to, I mean, I've, I've even asked Dr. Maskin if he could do some, some pro bono work. If he could, you know, I, I, I don't know the answer. I don't yeah. know the answer, but, but there are so many wealthy people in the world that could help. And that started me on this life journey of the question and answer that's the first part of it to try to 
get people answers that are have less means, right? That don't have the money, but they want to to be able to ask a doctor that knows, but they can't afford to go see him. Yeah. So that started the first part of my of this of my journey, right? The second one mm-hmm. is I am and I'm, I don't know how to achieve it, but to get the wealthy people in the world to be able to start a fund to help people to pay. And I've offered to fly people to see Dr. Maskin. I would pay their airfare. I would pay their hotel accommodations. But I can't afford to pay his fee for other people. Um, right. But people have to try to, right, to get the money to be able to see these doctors because they're all out of network. They, they, they have, and I, and I say it, I'll say it right out, and I've said this too, Dr. Maskin, is he has a boutique-type practice. Mm-hmm. And he caters to people that can afford him. And when I got to know him well enough that I could speak with to him about this, I asked him about this. And I said, Doc, I'm going to tell you straight up what, this, what the seriousness of this is out there and, it's, and why you're being villainized. And by the way, he is a true humanist, right? Mm-hmm. He, he wants yeah. to save people. Yeah. And I explained to him, you know, and he said, I said to him, Doc, it's all about the dollars, you know, and I've posted on the Facebook sites to say, you know, he's a good guy. And people have come back and said, no, he's just looking, you know, to be wealthy. And I said, well, we should all be wealthy, right? <laughs> I wish that right. on everybody. But it's, it's not in the cards for all of us. And if you want to say he's wealthy, I don't know. He drives a, a, a regular SUV. I don't know where he lives. I don't know what his home looks like, but my God, he went to medical school. He's a real MD. I mean, you know, he deserves to make money. Mm -hmm. The question is, well, how much money? People had said, well, he put this book out there and is selling this book just to make money. And I said, Jesus, man, he charges 20 bucks a book and he published it himself. And it took him two years to write it on his own time. How much money could he be making? I mean, come on, let's stop the insanity. Now, does he charge a lot? Sure. But Mm -hmm. I look at it and I see his practice and I'm a businessman and I I look at it and I I go, it's business 101, right? And here's what I mean by that. So I go to my local optometrist and I go in and I get bandaged contact lenses because I have to wear them, right? And I've been on a search trying to find a multifocal because I see 2020, but I have a 2.25 reader I need, right? And I go, wow, when I wear these contacts, it'd be cool to have a multifocal so I didn't have to use my reading glasses, right? So I go in and I see my op- optometrist and I tell them my story. And in 15 minutes, the girl's coming in the office and going, hey, yo, move it along. You got to move it on. Because you got 15 minutes with this guy and you got to see the next guy. So I looked at that and I said, oh, you know, oh my God, our healthcare system's broken because I need more time with this doctor. I need to explain my prognosis and what my needs are with this doctor. But my insurance company will only pay for 15 minutes 
for me to be seen by this doctor, by this optometrist. So I said, well, my God, the first time I went to go see Mask and I spent seven hours with him. Mm-hmm. How could he possibly take insurance? How could he possibly be getting paid? He wouldn't be able to pay Maria and Nancy and Claire and all of the girls in his office. He wouldn't be able to pay the rent. And he wouldn't be, have anything left to pay his mortgage or put his kids through college or whatever, or that we all are the American dream, right? Yep. So I said, I look, so I said, I get it, Doc. It's, it's, it's business 101. You couldn't possibly afford to take insurance because you couldn't help anyone. You couldn't help me because you no. spent hours with me in, in his office trying to put my jigsaw puzzle back together and make me comfortable. Yeah. How could you ever afford to do that if you took my insurance paid you, right? So that's a, that's a big problem. It's a big yeah. problem. So you have experts like Dr. Maskin. So I said, Doc, what's the answer? And so he, he created, here's his answer to it. Mm-hmm. He said, Matt, it's very simple. He said, I want to educate all doctors, optometrists, ophthalmologists, everyone around the world on how to treat dry eye properly and how to probe. And I started a company, patented my probes, and I want to sell a starter kit. So you can go to MGDI, Mybomium Gland Dysfunction Innovations, MGDI, and you can look at the masking kit, and it comes with the probes and how to do it. And, and he even encourages doctors to come see him and spend a week or two and he'll he can they can follow him around and they can be taught how to treat dry eye so he started this company with a with and looked for some outside investors and went public with this and with a couple of things that i had given him some tips i said hey doc you know uh you need to get your book on audio you know an audio version because most of us can't keep our eyes open long enough to read. So he exactly. did that. That just came out on Amazon. Oh, right? cool. The audio version just came out. And this, this MGDI. So I have this woman whom I speak with often who's suffering horribly in Australia. I send her my Tivara, which I, you know, maybe I'm not supposed to do. I don't know, but <laughs> I'm more of a maverick in, right. in that sense. Right. So sometimes I, for, being a humanist, I, I break the rules, right? Yeah. And so I talk to her and I say, I say, um, I don't want to mention her name, but I, I ask her if she has a doctor that will probe her. She said, I found a doctor that will probe me. But Dr. Maskin's kit is not available in Australia yet. So I said, I got you covered. I said, Doc, I want to buy a kit. And I want to ship it to her doctor. I can't do it because you have to be a medical doctor because Mm -hmm. this day and age, everyone will sue everyone when something goes awry. Right. So it's a, it's a big problem doc. And so, so doc, doc Maskin said, you know, they they were looking for a second round of investors and our kit should be available worldwide. We should be able to sell to doctors all over the world within the next year. It was supposed wow. to be summer of 2023, but I don't think that that happened. But I didn't follow you, follow that. 
yet because you know I get involved in my my daily uh, my life, right? So mm-hmm. I try to mm-hmm. uh, donate an hour or two a day to try to go on the sites and advocate for people and try to help people. Uh, but I still have to live my life and run my business. Anyway, I, I'm off topic. Um, so MGDI, people, you can look it up and it's a real thing. And it's a, it's a corporation out there that, that Doc Maskin, that's his answer to this. So he feels it like this. He said to me, Matt, probing when you have an eye disease is not a one and done. It's like plaque buildup on your teeth. You have to go to your dentist every year and have your teeth cleaned. No matter how well you floss or no matter how well you brush your teeth, plaque builds up and you have to go to the dentist every year and have a cleaning. Well, the same holds true for probing. It's not a one and done. I get probed every six months because I'm just a, I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a more, more to me, more is better, right? I don't right. need it because he says it's, it's my mebum's flowing, but mm-hmm. I'm probably going to space it out to eight months, but you need, everyone will need to be probed every year who has eye disease, right? Mm-hmm. So his theory is let me get every single doctor in the world, eye doctor probing. They can buy my kits and I'm not making, I'm not, People think, oh, he's selling these kits because he wants to become a billionaire. But that's not the case. Because when I spoke to Dr. Maskin, one of his biggest fears and concern is that if his theories, proven theories, get out there, Big Farm will try to buy him up as if they, as they do everyone else. And they'll right. just squash him. Right? Yeah. It's... Uh, it, right, so it's it's yeah. it's the what's right, Samson and the uh, what's what's the the David the and Goliath fighting the big monster, David and Goliath, right? So yeah. this theory is, I don't, I don't, I don't ever want that to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's problematic, and I see it, and, it, and I I look at it, and I go, Doc, have you ever had any doctors come and and study with you? He said no. He said, I don't, I don't, I don't even have doctor's inquiries to me, even when they buy the kit. But yet, if you go on the sites, you'll see Dr. Maskin train doctor probes. And I asked him, oh, did this doctor train with you? He said, no, I don't even know who he is. So there's a real problem out there, right? So, Mm -hmm. so he feels he would love to train it. And so from a, from from my perspective, looking at this, I go, well, Doc, you're 64 years old, even though you'd never know it by looking at him. He looks very young. <laughs> uh, but you're 64 years old. Oh, my God. Are you, what if you retire? Like, who's going to probe me? Right. So he goes, don't worry. I'm not going anywhere. Right. So I said, okay, that's, that's, all, that's good because I'm being selfish. I don't want you to ever retire. But so MGDI. Anyway, I, I'm, I'm making, I'm taking the long way around the barn, so to speak, but that's okay. That was his answer to this. His answer was, let's get every doctor out there. Yeah. When you started talking, that's exactly what went through my head. Like the easiest way to get everyone taken care of is you, you educate. I mean, you educate, you teach other doctors and that's how the waves keep rolling along, you know, and you, and you do make waves that way. 
absolutely. Now, can you go into a little bit? I want you to talk real quick about this event that's going on next week. And, you know, when people hear this a long time from now, I'm sorry, it's it's already passed, but maybe there will be a recording of it. I don't know. But tell me about this event that that you're putting on because I keep seeing it and I, I it's wonderful. It's so wonderful. And that's why I was like, I need to talk to him because I want him to like put this out there. I want we want as many people on this event as possible. So I went into his office and spoke to him about this, find the financial end of it. And that was his theory, right? He came back to me and that's how he's gonna solve it. And I said, Well, Doc, how how do we get a quicker fix? And and tell me about Give me a give me a temperature on what's happening in your office, because he's a one man arm, right? He sees his own patients, every single patient. I said, what is your biggest problem with your patients? And he says they're not educated. He says, I'm spending too much time trying to educate my patients. And I said, well, I have a perfect scenario for this. And and he said, yeah, question and answer, right? So I don't, I don't remember if he came up with or I came up with. No, I didn't remember exactly. He said, listen, I would be willing to dedicate my time to a question and answer if you would, um, if you would help make it come true. And mm-hmm. I said, yeah, man, I'm all in, Doc. I said, let's do this. So we've been going back and forth. I finally hired a media specialist um, to help us with this because with his busy schedule, my busy schedule, we wanted to put a question and answer hour long out there, but we just didn't know how to do it. So I posted it on the on the Facebook sites and I got a big following, but it was a, a long time ago and it's finally coming to happen. It's coming to fruition. And on uh, August 23rd at 7 p.m., we well, we, we put out an event that you had to register and ask your questions because we were going to do a live event. And then when I hired this media specialist, she went, that is a disaster. Yeah. Right. So I, mm-hmm. I, I said, well, that's what we really wanted. And he, she said, absolutely not. It'll never work. So what we decided, she decided what would be best for us, uh, because, again, dumb electrician and, you know, not even as and, and not a dumb doctor, but a You're social right. media <laughs> dumb doctor. Right. So. <laughs> right. So. Uh, we. You had to register for this question of and question and answer event. You had to post the question, and you and then we would review the questions, which Dr. Maskin just reviewed these questions today, and we have a Zoom call tomorrow at noon to discuss the questions. And what we figured would be the best, and again, this is in the infancy stage. It's our first time doing this, and mm-hmm. we're hoping it will uh, morph into maybe a monthly or bi-monthly or something event that, but right now, so people can ask, register, ask the question, ask one question, and then we'll review all the questions and we will see what are the most asked questions, the most popular questions. And we'll, we'll get those questions that are the most popular and it's going to be an hour-long event, so we really don't know how long. We may ask two questions. We may ask 30. Yeah. I don't have any idea. So 
So I'm going to ask the question and his technician in his office, Claire, being the questions are reviewed prior, she'll be able to back it up with all of his data that he mm -hmm. has um, taken his own time and his own staff and his own people to figure to research and document all of his findings over the past wow. 20 years and That's be amazing. able to back up. So, you know, I will ask the question, Dr. Maskin will say, okay, here's the answer. And Claire can post the backup to say, here's what we found, right? Or after all this time. And our, our media girl had said, could you imagine that as a live event? And Claire trying to thumb through and try to find. <laughs> no, wouldn't have worked. Know, ever. It would just be a disaster. <laughs> right. So we're going to do this. It's our first time out. I am hoping I'm able to ask the questions properly. I hope I don't get emotional because I do at times. And I hope that it goes off perfectly. Dr. Maskin's a very good communicator, <clears throat> but sometimes he's too technical. Mm -hmm. And I say to him in the office all the time, Doc, dumb it down for me. You know, mm -hmm. uh, I can't even pronounce half of the words you're throwing at me. So I, but I think most people that have the disease, this disease, have educated themselves enough that they'll be able to understand it. I think that if they see this, the, what we're doing here, I try to uh, answer a lot of the questions because I'm self-taught and reading his book and learning about my own disease. And, uh, you know, I research so many things. I'm thinking that this will be a help for people, right? Yeah. And when yeah. they go to see Dr. Maskin, they'll go in. And here's one of the biggest things that I found. And I flew all over the United States to see doctors. I left that out. I flew to Miami. I flew to Seattle. I flew, I flew all over to see everybody, right? Mm -hmm. And I would wait for hours to go in to see this doctor. And I would start asking the doctor questions. And within two minutes, I would know if this doctor had any was able to help me. And I found mostly that I knew more than they did. Wow. Ugh. And, and, that's, and that's what we're faced with, right? Mm -hmm. where, where you go in and you see a Dr. Maskin, he, he, you go in armed, right? And yeah. that's what we're trying to do. You go in educated about your disease. So you can say, Doc, I would like to be probed. I would like the steroid lavage. I would like the punctal occlusion. And I would like you to check my chalasis, please. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, you, and un just to understand yeah. those things. Yeah. Oh, that's so, that's so amazing, Matt. I love, I love your story. And, you know, I, it, there's so many people who have been in that dark, depressed state. And, I, I love that, like you said, you have to find a doctor that you really trust and is on that, like kind of just on the same level as you, you know, is you, you trust them and that you understand what they're saying. And, you know, they, sometimes that's just a gut feeling, you know, sometimes it just is. And I love, like when I talked to you initially, you were like, I, I want to help people. I, I want to do something like this. I want to help people. And 
I was so excited to see that event pop up and your name. And I was like, hey, hold on a second. We got we to gotta do our thing too. And so I love that you were able to explain this because even some of that information that I've heard before, you broke it down even more. And that, I mean, I understand it way more than what I did before. This is the reason why I'm doing this. And this is the reason why you're doing what you're doing too, is so that we're putting out this information for people to be armed so that when they go see a doctor, they know themselves better than anybody else. And then they're, they're equipped to know and to really assess, is this doctor know what they're talking about and are they going to be the ones to help me? It is such a shame that the healthcare system has shifted so much where it's it's all about just as little a time as possible with the patient. I mean, my my son, he had an emergent situation a month and a half ago where he got a piece of chicken stuck in his esophagus. He went to the hospital. Like, Thankfully, after a few hours, a, one of the pediatric gastro doctors was able to put him under and take it out. But like I looked at the explanation of benefits and I know that the doctors, I'm sure being handsomely paid by the hospital, but his his cut of the bill was five hundred dollars. I'm like, out of the whole thing, you know, this doctor is the one that saved my son and he got five hundred dollars. I mean, it's just the whole system is so warped. And I and I love that you broke that down, that like these these doctors who are really paving the way, they can't, they can't do that in the current system. I mean, even in my in my field of speech therapy, you know, if I wanted to like do my own thing, there is no way in heck I would be taking insurance because I'm getting paid pennies for this amazing work that I'm doing. It just it just doesn't make sense anymore. You know, they they've created this system where it just doesn't make sense. So I mean, I I love that it it does sound like, and I don't know this I don't know this doctor at all, but it does sound like he wants to do right with mankind. And you know, I love that putting together a kit for doctors. And I mean, hopefully, doctors are listening to this. Like, reach out, try something new, get some new information. I mean, sometimes we're so stuck in in what our universities or what our med school or whatever has taught us. We don't we we box ourselves in. But don't be afraid to to step out of that box and do something different. It, it may change your life. It may change so many other people's lives too. Yes, uh, it will. There, there, there are two other topics that just came to mind, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know if you want me to discuss them or not. But I would like to. Okay. Um, I think my baby stopped screaming, right. so um, she must be asleep. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I, you can edit this. I'm going to go turn the lights on in here because it's okay. starting to get dark. So just yeah. bear with me one second. I wanted to talk about that and what's going on out there in the world with dry eye and insurance companies. So I call them the dry eye cartel. And this is very bothersome for, for me. And I've recently been in debates 
on some of the sites because I posted, there was a site that I found that showed what the doctors were getting paid from the pharmaceutical companies, right? I posted that site out there and it met with a lot of controversy because there were some very popular dry eye specialists that over the course of time were being paid over a million dollars. Wow. And my theory behind that, now there were some doctors that were on the site that said, oh, well, look, I got paid. I'm on that list. And I got paid. Does that mean I'm corrupt? And I said, well, I don't know. Are you? Mm-hmm. But let's look at that. So your doctor, you, you're, you know, you're on this and you got paid, you know, $585. And there are a lot of doctors on there that got paid, you know, under $1,000. Now that's lunch. That's the mm-hmm. pharmaceutical rep coming into your office and buying lunch, paying for lunch, right? Yeah. But then there are doctors that promote certain things such as IPL machines and IPL treatments that are getting paid over a million dollars to do talk circuits to promote how well the IPL machine does for dry eye. And in my opinion only, that's criminal. Yeah. Because you don't necessarily believe it but you're out there promoting it and there's no data of a track record that was proven by case studies on what you're promoting. But if you look at your financials, $1.2 million over the course of two years, it was. Wow. I mean, don't quote me on this, but it's somewhere mm-hmm. around that. Mm-hmm. So, so it's corrupt and it's criminal and they're, they're the marketing of putting this out there is being paid by big pharmaceutical companies to say, use this IPL machine because you'll feel better after six or eight treatments or four treatments or whatever. And then you go and you hire a doctor to do the talk circuit and go out there and promote this. And I think, and it's just wrong because people are, are it's, it's what they see, most people see, right? So mm-hmm. you go and you go to a dry eye and you go, oh yeah, IPL, 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 IPL. Now radio frequency, that's the next gizmo, right? Right, right, right. But then you, right? So then you have a doctor that has proven that this thing will work and you don't have to do it for the rest of your life. I can treat your comorbidities. I can open your ducts, your glands to produce the oil, and I can get you pretty comfortable. And I can treat what's wrong with you other than masking it with this other thing. So I promoted that and I showed the sufferers that don't believe everything you see or read out there. You have to do your own research because that is a a major floor in the system and as and it's you know it's we don't want to talk politics but you know we're in the most uncorrupt world and yet we're still corrupt right Mm -hmm. so there's corruption 
that you'll see all the time. Yeah. But know the facts, right? And that's what I do. I put these facts out there and I say, I say, hey, I'm not saying this doctor is promoting this and doesn't believe in it. I'm not saying that it's malice, but it's questionable. Yeah, especially right? when so, there's an exchange of an exchange of m money, you know, I mean, hopefully there just I, I mean, there's disclosures, right? Like I assume that in the talks or whatever, they're disclosing this information. But as a lay person who's just watching or seeing, you know, I don't I don't know that we always think about that. I know for me, I think about like pharmaceutical drugs, like there's a lot of money and a lot of things going around with that, but I had not really even thought about devices. But it's interesting because, you know, even in my field, we do uh, neuroelectrical stimulation here. And I tell the patients, you know, we can use this as a treatment option, but I'm going to tell you that most of the research that comes about this device and the success is from the manufacturer itself. So I can tell you my experiences with my patients. Some of them get a lot better. Some of them get a little bit better. And some of them don't get better at all. And so you can take that information and make a decision for yourself. But, I, you know, I don't know that everybody does that. And I I don't know. That's really interesting. I had not even thought about the devices, the treatment modalities themselves, except medications, which I feel like they have, I feel like there are pretty strict rules on actual pharmaceutical drugs. So maybe there's not with the devices, but I don't know. Yeah. I mean, you know, I say it and here's, this is my opinion. You have a rep that comes into your office and he says, this thing works. Now, here you got a doctor that's spending 18 minutes with every single patient, getting paid $185 and has to see 30 patients in order to make ends meet. And as mm -hmm. busy as could be, and doctors are very busy, right? They work more than anyone ever does yeah. or anyone should. And the rep comes in and he says, look, you can treat dry eye by this and you can charge up to $600 a treatment. And the doc goes, okay, <clears throat> yeah, it works. That's, I would, and mo all doctors, I would say, most doctors are, are humanists, right? They yeah. want to help people, right? Mm -hmm. And they go, wow, if that could help someone and it comes into their office and they they're billed $125,000 for this piece of equipment. We go back to business 101. Well, let's figure this out. I got to pay $125,000 before I start making a dollar. I got to have a lot of IPLs coming through my office. So as a yeah. technician, everybody that comes in here gets six to 10 IPLs at 400, depending on your zip code, from 600 to $300 uh, in application. And we got to do X amount before we start turning a profit. So th then, then, and I, and I say that on the site because people say, well, that's bullshit. You know, the doctors, I go, well, it is and it isn't. I mean, at mm -hmm. some point, doctors are also in it to make a living, right? Yeah. And the system's broken in so many ways. And that's one of them that I find. And when the big pharmaceuticals companies come in and they say, 
you know, well, I'm, you know, this this doctor got paid 1.2 million, and it's doing they're doing lectures and they're doing, you know, things and they're promoting this product. They're getting paid to promote this product, and that unfortunately, that doctor is has fell into the greed factor, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. one doctor could be driving a Toyota Corolla and the other doctor could be driving a, you know, a G wagon, a Mercedes G wagon mm-hmm. and it's business. And it's, you know, yeah. it's, it's how they want to live their life and how they feel about it, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just the greed corruption, you know, and it's, yeah. it's just how the system is broken. Here's another topic that I'd like to mm-hmm. talk about before I forget. Right. Yeah. Is the fact how I learned how the healthcare system works. And so I say to Dr. Maskin, I say, well, why don't you have an intern that comes in, a younger guy that comes in and wants to be a dry eye specialist and wants to do this and all of these things and let him do a rotation in your office. And then I find out how it works is it has to be an accredited rotation. So Dr. Maskin would have to go to, I don't know, the the dry eye uh, <laughs> executive board, if you will, right. and apply and say, well, I want my what I do to become an accredited rotation for an intern. He has to spend the time, the money, and all of these things all on his own, because if you ever go and meet him, he's you know, he's a one man army. He's, you know, he's, he's that little guy fighting the big monster and he doesn't have time. He does his own clinical research. He doesn't have a, he has a staff, but not a team and he's his own doctor. Right. So he would have to fill out a form, I guess. So go to the executive board of doctors and say, Hey, I want the rotation to be accredited for a young doctor to come in and learn this stuff. Mm -hmm. But the problem is this doesn't exist. And no, and there's not been a celebrity yet that has severe dry eye. Because if Katie Couric's husband didn't die of colon cancer, she she and died of dry eye, she would have went on national TV and said, "Everyone needs to get their eyes fixed, and we need to." Uh, we we need to go after the insurance companies to pay for this, right? Yeah. But but yeah. her husband died of colon rectal cancer, so she went on national TV and and as a celebrity said, everyone needs to go have a colonoscopy done yeah. twice a year or when you're forty or whatever, right? So there's mm-hmm. not a big celebrity out there that has dry eye. And I posted that on the site and it came back and it met with something. Well, Jennifer Aniston has dry eye because. <laughs> And I said, well, I call bullshit. Jennifer yeah. Aniston is getting paid from right. Procter & Gamble to say, yeah. I use the stained eye drops. Right, right. right. That's yeah. because yeah. if you had severe dry eyes, you wouldn't be making movie after movie because I can barely function. Yeah. So anyway, that, that's, that's the broken part of, our, of the healthcare industry. And I would love to be able to have a big enough voice where I could say, the health, the insurance companies need to pay an out-of-network doctor to have everybody treated by by a Dr. Maskin, 
not by Dr. Maskin, by a educated Dr. Maskin, right? To learn yeah, how to yeah. treat the comorbidities and to learn how to, and, and that's his theory is if every doctor has one of my kits and learns how to treat, the doctor that's in your network, your local optometrist, because optometrists can pearl, even though they're not medical doctors, if it's an orifice that's already open, they mm. can, right? That's good to so, know. Yeah. So that's something that I that needs to be put out there. And in your podcast, you're going to send this out there and it, people are going to be able to understand and see the uh, broken part of what us dry eye sufferers put up with and have to deal with. Yeah, absolutely. Those are the topics I wanted to touch. Oh my goodness. Yes. So this is amazing. Um, all right. So I'm going to ask you, all right. So, okay, let's but the, 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 go back. Okay, so August, tell me the date and the time again. And then I'm going August to... August 23rd, 7 p.m. Okay, and I'm then sorry, I'm yeah. going to put the um, the link in the show notes so that people can go to that link and sign up for that event. Are you going to do a recording where they can, where it will get sent out so they can listen in the future? Yes. Okay. Yeah, it's going to be recorded. So August 23rd, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Okay, perfect. It's going to be the live event. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't know how the recorded version is going to get out there again because it, we're in the infancy stage of this. So yeah. I'm, I'm unsure as to all of the logistics behind it, but we are going to put it out there. Um, and um, also, by the way, I, I, I really need to mention, I was just recently asked to become a board member on a not-for-profit Dry Eye Foundation. So it's the, it's the Dry Eye uh, Foundation, uh, dry, uh, not a org. So they not had invited me to become a board member, not a and it was um, it was founded. Its founder is Natalia Warren, who is a uh, an exceptionally beautiful person. I I've spoken with her a few times. Um, incredibly intelligent. I feel dumb every time I talk to her. Um, <laughs> she w was a um, she. I, I don't know her whole story. It's on the site. Her bio. But she was an executive, and she uh, became uh, a sufferer of uh, dry eye disease. And she, uh, again, like all of us, was suicidal, found Dr. Maskin. Dr. Maskin helped improve her life tremendously. And she founded this foundation, and she went on to get her uh, doctorate. I'm not sure in what, but her doctorate... Um, and as she says, it is because she wants to have some type of be accredited when she goes up in front of Congress and politics for grants and mm -hmm. for donations and to politic for us. Wonderful. Um, for us, for us sufferers. Right. So Natalia Warren is a, is an unbelievable person. Right. And she uh, founded this and, I became a board member just recently. Uh, we're trying to do is she, she just had gotten, she had gotten two grants and there was another grant that had just come through 
She fills out all these applications for all of these federally subsidized grants. And she just got a grant. It's called the PCORI grant. And what she's doing with this grant is she's educating. And it's a money grant. It's a financial grant of, you know, I don't know, X amount of dollars. And what she's doing with this in order to qualify for the grant. So (laughs) the grant, we have to go to school. So we picked five people and I'm one of them. And we have to go to dry eye school and learn all about dry eye. I'm somewhat well-versed already, but I'm going to go to school and learn all of the ins and outs and technical end of dry eye, wow. of all the different facets of it. And I get paid, you know, $500 for the year or something, you know, so little <laughs> from the grant. But the grant's going to be used to educate people. And we uh-huh. want to start a crisis hotline. That's huge. Because Amazing. people are suicidal. So far, I know of two people. Yeah, I know of two people that killed themselves oh. because of this disease. One was a young yeah. girl and one was an older woman. Oh, so my gosh. two that I know of that we lost from suicide. So we want to try to hire somebody for a crisis hotline. I put my cell phone out there all the time. I have people calling me from all over the world. I don't hide at all. I'm out there. I put my cell phone right on the site's. People call me, they text me all for information all the time. Some agree, some don't agree. But as you can see, I speak from the heart and I speak yeah. my truths. Wow. Um, yeah. That's so, amazing, Matt. That, that's I, okay, real quick, I want to ask you this last question. So how has your life improved as a result of dry eye? Um, it improved... How has it improved? Well, in my head, it's it's not improved because I still have the disease, mm-hmm. but it's put my life in a different path, a different direction, right? You know, I might have been more selfish prior when I lived my life prior because I, I was doing a lot of things that were all about me. Mm-hmm. And now I do things about other people. I mean, yeah. don't get me wrong. I was, I was, a, I was a, a good father and children and I, they're they're great and uh, you know married and all of those things and I and I I wasn't entirely selfish but now I am it, it improved because I see a different way of life and I get um, I get happiness in helping other people yeah more so than I ever had before right so as they say you know God does things for certain reasons. And, you know, maybe this was just, you know, this was meant for me. This was my path for whatever reason. I don't know, but that's how, that's how my life improved. I went back to church, you know, all of those things that I, I wasn't, I wasn't doing. I was sinning a little bit. (laughs) Just a little bit. I love it. Oh, Wonderful, wonderful. So I'm going to have um, all this stuff in the show notes. And so everybody look at the show notes, go to the link to the event, sign up, be a part of this. Yeah, we just need to keep changing the world. And I am so thankful that you're able to talk to me tonight. And I wish you the best in all of your endeavors. And um, thank you, thank you, thank you. Yeah, thank you so much for asking me. It was a pleasure on my end to be a part of this. I think what you're doing is great. You need some big recognition out there too. Uh, you know, your your story I, I listened to and it, you know made me sad. 
but it changed your life as well. It put you on a different path. And, you know, I wish you, of course, the best of luck and on your podcast and all of this. I think it's fantastic on what you're doing and, and, you know, and you're real, you know, this is, this is true stuff. There's, there's no fake, no fake going on. There's no other hidden motives or, you know, and I applaud you for that. Thank you. No, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Uh, All right. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Thriving Dry Eye Podcast. For more information, you can check us out and follow us on Instagram at Thriving Dry Eye. If you like what you heard and want to continue hearing more, please leave a review. If you have a dry eye story to tell, please contact us through the website at thrivingdryeye.com.